0: Subscribe to Trends and Insights now at jll.com slash podcast.
1: Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet,
2: sweet slumber
1: to improve your mental and physical health
2: and overall wellness.
1: More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com.
0: Do it for the intention, not the attention. And that stuck with me throughout life that a lot of times you can see what people in our industry are are doing or you can see, hey, this is the hot trend. This is the hot wave to get on. You should do this. Are you really doing it for the right reasons? And that's been a, a business model of mine.
2: Welcome to Think Business with Tyler, sharing our methods and strategies for success. Join in on our conversations with business owners as we highlight their triumphs and detail how they overcame the challenges they faced while continuing to grow and scale their business. It's time to think life, think success, and think business with your host, Tyler Martin.
1: Today, we have Julian Hayes II, founder of executivehealth.io and host of the Executive Health & Life podcast. In this episode, discover the importance of prioritizing your well-being as a business owner and learn how to, one, treat your body like a business to better manage your physical and mental health by approaching it as if it's your company. Two, cater to your unique needs by tailoring your lifestyle habits, including nutrition, to your individual requirements. Three, ignore your current reality and persevere as both in business and health it's crucial to keep pushing forward despite challenges or setbacks. Let's hear Julian's insights on how business and health are intertwined and why self-care is crucial for your success. Hey, Julian, thanks for being on the Think Business with Tyler podcast show. How's it going?
0: Man, it's, I'm doing super fantastic over here. Thank you for having me, Tyler. I'm looking forward to this.
1: So, hey, Julian, I got to bring up one thing. Yesterday, I brought you up in one of my shows as one of the best pitches I've ever received. Now, I didn't tell you I was going to talk about this. One of the best pitches that I've ever received. I get a lot of pitches. I'm a little tiny show I have here, but I get probably 20 to 30 pitches a, a week. And yours stood out to me as one of the best. It was personal. You researched a little bit about my show, more than probably you needed to, to be honest with you. You knew that I was coming up on 100 show. You connected with me and that you said, man, that's a really cool honor to be aware of that. And it just really connected with me. And then you brought up your shows. So your investment, just so you know, in learning a little bit about my show, I don't expect everybody to do that. But the fact that you did it, it slowed me down. To learn about you. And then I said, wow, there's some cool stuff we could talk about here. I'm excited to talk with you. So I just wanted to share that. And I wanted to say that publicly because it was so cool the way you approached it. Is that your normal style, man?
0: Yes. And so it's, it's part of my personality. So, you know, just... From my writing background, I didn't have any network or anything. And so I needed a way to stand out. I'm an only child. So I'm okay with attention a little bit. <laughs> and I also got the perspective of what's it like to get pitched now because you get added on these databases now. So I guess I'm a quote unquote journalist, even though I don't really write that much anymore. And I don't even never will call myself a journalist. I'm just a guy who has some opinions. But anyway, you're on the list. And so you get these pitches all the time. You get these pitches on LinkedIn and they are terrible. Even if it's a cool product, It's like just the the approach, it just feels so stiff. And I was like, I need a way to stand out. And most people are afraid to do video. Most people are afraid to do audio messages. So I'm like, I'm going to do that. Let me do that. And the thing I learned, I used to try to make these perfect. And it's actually better when I just do these in one or two takes. And let it ride and don't have it be perfect to show that, hey, I'm an actual human. And also to research the show, I think it's, it doesn't make sense to not even look at the show at all, because just because it's a certain title doesn't mean that you're going to fit in. You got to, you got to see how you fit in and everything. And I think I've always believed in quality over quantity. And I know a lot of times when people reach out, it's just this mass, hey, just send a hundred pitches. And I'm like, I'd rather just send like five and have these spot on. And my success rate is going to be pretty high.
1: Yeah. That is such so much wisdom there. I do agree with you. And it's not just pitching for a show or pitching for Mm -hmm. anything. This is true in sales too. I think a lot of times we have this mentality where we're just going to reach out to a list of a thousand. And it is such a backwards type mentality. You're so much better really targeting your profile and then really spending extra attention on making sure you're getting in front of them with the right messaging. I mean, it just makes a world difference. So I'm glad I, we talked about this because it just tells me a lot about you. And, and it, it did make a difference. Like It, it slowed me down to want to research you and learn about you. And that's why we're here today, which it leads me to the next question. Let's hear about your story. So you started You were going to college, and then I think it was after a year, you decided like, this isn't for me. Mm -hmm. Can you explain that story and what journey that took you down?
0: So it's a couple of things. So I'm from Nashville, Tennessee, and I'm in medical school in New York City. So it's quite the difference. I'm a city boy now in my head now. But before then, I was not a city boy. And you get to New York, everyone has a dream. Every coffee shop you go in, every lounge and stuff, I was a little more active in a nightlife den. And I hope my mom's not listening to this. (laughs) So. And you get to talk with people. And I remember I was at this one place in the Lower East Side. It's called the Yuca Bar. And I left class early that day because all of it's online. I can play to two, two and three X speed. So I want to enjoy the city. And so I get to talk with the girl at the bar, not even ask her for a date, but she's talking about traveling and she's doing something she really loves. And I'm like, wow, she's combining multiple things in, in, into her life. And I was like, and that got me thinking. So school is very easy for me, it's very safe. I come from first generation. So first one to go to college, first one definitely to go to medical school. So that's a big honor. And it's, it's I know what I'm gonna get down the road. Whereas this other thing is uncertain, but it just kept calling me. So I'm in a three hour anatomy exam and I got my protein shake. I'm that guy shaking it up because I, I needed to eat. And other classmates are looking up, a little nervous probably about the exam and it's pretty difficult. I'm looking up I'm like, oh my goodness this ain't it. So I stay here, go back home that summer, wake up one night, decide I'm not going to go back. I'm going to do something involved in health and we'll just figure it out along the way. I thought I found my purpose and passion. I tell everyone they're not excited for me. Some people ask me for a drug test, but- (laughs) You know, looking back now, I understand that they were just scared for me because this is uncertain. There's no such thing as a business owner on my side of the family. It's mostly blue collar. So I understand this now with a little more maturity. And so just over the years, I I get to where I am now. And it's been a lot of bumps and bruises along the way and a lot of doubt filled moments and questioning of things, but it's the greatest personal development program. I will say that.
1: Yeah. Do you ever reflect back and go, man, maybe I should have gone down the medical route? Are you like, you know, even mm-hmm. though there's bumps and bruises, I see a greater, a greater goal here that I'm going to reach. Where where do you stand like now looking back?
0: Probably late 20s. Yeah, late 20s, Julian sees that because it's so early and it's it's difficult. And maybe even early 30s, but being at 36 now, no, not really. Even if you're still further off at the medical side, because I'm thinking now, okay, what about at 45? 55 things are going to be very different then. And so I made the right decision then. It's just that there's going to be a lag. It's almost like the tortoise and the hare. Right. I think that route, I probably would have been out of school for maybe a couple of years now, but I wouldn't have been able to do so many other things. And that's the thing that pulled me. Like now I can I can do so many different things. And it all fits into health still and performance. And it's it's just so and lastly let's be honest the government will always be there to give me some more student loans if i need it
1: <laughs> <laughs> and maybe forgive them
0: <laughs> yeah yes yeah. well no i think with that one you would have to be probably family practice i believe or or, or some kind of rural thing so i want to be a surgeon so no way i don't i don't think there's any forgiveness programs for surgeons okay
1: okay well th- that's good you know you always have that in your back pocket i like mm-hmm. you think that way i think that's part of when you're making big decisions in life, we always need that fo- or it helps to have that fallback plan and mm-hmm. feel like, you know, if everything hits the fan, I've got an option. And so that's cool. So you, you stopped going to school, pretty big mm-hmm. decision, and you started to get into writing, which at the mm-hmm. time you really had zero experience in writing. Kind of take me through that journey because I think that leads us up and then we'll get into the health where you're now focusing in health, which is just fascinating. We'll get there.
0: Yeah, so I, I get out and uh, you get a job. So I, I go for a personal training job at a big box gym. I'm getting paid peanuts. I'm also working at a call center. So I'm getting a lot of flack from that. You know, I'm getting cussed out, giving political polls. But uh, this is part of where I discovered that I have a pretty okay voice because I actually had a pretty high success rate of completing the survey. So that was kind of a, a hint of maybe you should do audio and in, in, uh, video messages more. But anyway, so. And I'm looking for, okay, how am I going to be known more? How am I going to get more opportunities? And I'm interested in writing as well. So I just started writing. How hard could it be? It was terrible. That's how. <laughs> Luckily, my best friend is a writer who ironically does not write anymore. <laughs> Went to school for that. And so I started writing every day. And he helped me with my grammar and just the overall structure and flow of things. And then I got a writing coach or mentor to learn, because I come from academia. And so I was writing all these big jargon words that sound great. And so the first thing was like, who are you writing to? Are you writing to the people that are reading the magazine, or are you writing to your peers? So that's the first big mistake. Simplify this. You don't have to show that you know these words and everything. So that was a critical lesson for me. And I could take that actually into the business world now, as a lot of these concepts have fancy words, but how can you simplify it to make person understand this make it so easy that like a third grader can understand it so i get to writing and writing and then after a year or so i started researching my local newspaper for a little bit and i see that a lot of these articles are outsourced and they're like syndicated elsewhere so i was like i think there's an opportunity here and so i show up at the newspaper office i just walk in and i say hey i forgot her name She's like, oh, hey, you know, how'd you, how'd you notice? And then I, I, sat, I, had, I found some other obscure facts about her, you know, part of the research. <laughs> She's like, oh, that's interesting. But it's, a, it's not as scary. It's not like a, a creepy one. It's more <laughs> like, hey, I, I like I like knitting or something like that. So I bring up that we have a connection on knitting. I, I learned a little bit about knitting, for example. And I get to talking. I was like, hey, I noticed that your newspaper doesn't have an actual a person that lives in Nashville, and is actually in this industry, I would love the opportunity to write an article for you guys. And if you like it, I would love to just continue this relationship, maybe write an article every week or so. And so, sure, she'll try it. So you go from there. That's my first opportunity. So it goes well. Now I can leverage that. I'm building a resume and I can start going after a few other online publications that are smaller. I pitch them. I learn what works and what doesn't. And I rinse and repeat. And then I go after some of the bigger ones like Entrepreneur, like Inc. and Success, it works out. And so now you have some of the top publications. And I went this route because long-term, I knew that I wanted to exist in the health and business world. I wanted to be different. So I don't have an Instagram account. I don't have just workout videos of, of me just flexing and things like the typical fitness because I had a like a 15 to 20 year vision but where this was going to go. And this was just the start of it. So I wanted to be recognizing these business publications, talking about health from a business and leadership standpoint.
1: Yeah, I love that. So you have this ability, a couple of your real strengths I see as I'm learning more about you, is you're a problem solver. Like you, you see where there's a problem or a missing gap. And it seems like you're quickly able to go. Hey, I'm going to f- fulfill that. There's opportunity for me in filling that, and that's really a unique skill in the way you do it. I also love how you're talking about like a 20 year vision. A lot of times we're so geared to just think like, what's going to happen? You know, how do we make a million dollars next week or two weeks mm-hmm. or whatever? You're kind of thinking 20 years out, which obviously you're going to have some success along the way. Mm-hmm. But your ultimate vision is 20 years out, which is just awesome that you think that way. So once you So you do all these crazy things you really don't have experience in and suddenly you become an expert at. Where does that leave us now where you're doing now? Now you're in, you're helping entrepreneurs, business owners, executives, you're helping them optimize their health and their mental well-being. Is that correct?
0: Yeah, you can look at it that way. It's I kind of look at it as a new frontier of where we think about health. So if you think about some pillars of health, you think about the very basic one is you go to the doctor when you don't feel well. You can say that's like level one. Then there's a realm called functional medicine. And you might hear people talk about getting to the root cause of your issue. I think there's another level. And that's more along pulling the levers of why we even age in the first place and getting down to that and then combining that with just performance because I'm a very performance-oriented guy. I love to do endurance Racing box and all that good stuff. So combining these two things, and this started because I have a podcast myself, and and I just get to talking with people. And there's so many different options. There's genetic testing. There's nutritional stuff. There's exercise stuff. And you get to hear that, hey, I go to this person for this, and this person for that, this person for that. And I'm like, well, okay, well, I don't know all these things. So first of all, I need to build partnerships. So that's what I spent like a year doing. And then, and then. I was like, this could be like a concierge service. And so it was getting too hard. I was having to work too much to get a client because I wasn't differentiated enough. So I needed to take a step back. And I got to look and I was like, the top of the pyramid, maybe it's more of a higher end, a luxury service. And it's a concierge model. It's smaller competition up there, but maybe the entry to play is a little more difficult because there's a lot more networking involved in. But that interests me. And a lot of the services they're probably going to be more apt to try these early adoption services as well. So I have all these things now that I can do to so have access to lab testing, blood testing, genetic testing, all these things in one in-house. So when you have a client in now, whatever I, I deem forth needed, essentially acting as the CEO of their health, I can assign this and have partners take care of this. I'm not the best fitness expert. I know a lot about it, but I am I don't just live and breathe fitness, but my friend does. And so he can take care of that specific part. And I can just be the person who oversees everything and really looked at the data as that's my core skill set. So I like to simplify it and say helping people maintain their edge and status and enjoy the finer things in life. Because a lot of times business owners, we work our tails off from zero, finally get to that point. And unfortunately, a lot of times we sacrifice our health to do that. And then we want to reverse back in that revenue, that success that we built up. We have to take a lot of that and actually try to buy back our health. And I'm trying to stop that a little bit so you don't have to get to the finish line broken and everything. Maybe you got a little scars on you, but you're still able to move around and everything. We're all going to get scars.
1: Right. You got some battle wounds, but you're still functional so you can enjoy life. So Mm -hmm. let's talk about some, maybe how we can... Help folks listening. Mm-hmm. so you brought up something great. You said, "Hey, you know, business owner that's working long hours, um, putting in their blood, sweat, and tears, entrepreneurs. What can business leaders do to keep themselves like at their peak performance? Are there some tips or some things you can share with us that we should be thinking about?
0: Yeah, I think first and foremost, it starts with really changing your mindset and identity around this. Essentially, treat your own body as if it's your company. You know, they think about that a lot of times. And this is part of maybe what you can call like a success paradox or something where the more and more people get up the success ladder chasing success, the more responsibilities they have the more pressure a lot of times they feel. And you don't want to go back to day one. Nobody wants the rum and noodle days or anything like that. So you don't want to go back. So you kind of have that fear as well that's propelling you to never stop. Then you still got a personal life. So unintentionally, a lot of times, what gets left on the back burner is your personal well-being. So you're not even coming from a place of laziness or even negligence. It's just it just gets left out because you got these other things. So it's first establishing structure, thinking of your body as a corporation itself. And then what does a corporation do? Well, the first and foremost thing that they do is they're going to establish a vision for themselves. They're going to establish a culture for themselves. So what does optimal health, what does great health even look like to you? What does it feel like? You know, what would this person be doing? So you're establishing this identity from day one. So even if you have 10, 15 pounds to lose, that's irrelevant right now. Because the only way to even lose that is to establish the identity in the present moment because the future does not exist. So we're working on culture and identity. Next, you can think of what else does a corporation do? A lot of times they're going to delegate to the best of their abilities. Now, delegation is different for person, for business owner on year one compared to year 10, different capabilities. So assess where you are. If nutrition is not your strong suit, and a lot of times people do well at breakfast, probably do well at dinner. But it's the middle of the day when you're into the workflow. Sometimes you have unexpected calls and you're just reaching for convenience. So what can I do there? One of the easiest things is to look into a meal delivery service, have that taken care of. Now, I recommend local services, more than the national ones in terms of freshness of food and tastes better. So every city probably has it now. So look into a meal delivery service and have that taken care of. So even if you don't want to get up out of your chair or anything, I'm at least going to take care of my food. And then look into the activity component. Where can you schedule activity at throughout your day? Some people like to start their day with activity to get it out of the way. I'm more of a person who likes to get to work right away, then do a little activity and then get back to work and then do some more activity. You know, I, I mean, I'm not saying everyone needs to do two sure days or anything, yeah. But that's just kind of, for me, It likes I like to break up my day because I have a my attention span and energy is all over the place. So I can't do one thing for too long. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I have too much energy. So So think about that. So the reason why I'm talking about that is because I want it to fit your psychology. I don't want it to cause friction. The most important thing is to have your personal life, your business life, and your health synergistically going together, like this one beautiful symbiotic relationship. I don't want these two to have friction and clash hits. Think of, and I say this because think about this at the beginning of the year, you had all the New Year's resolution people. And I even seen some at my gym. They were out the gates running, training hard out there with me, right? I'm like, man, you're here every day, you're here every day like I am. I mean, congrats to you. But then you start to fade off because life doesn't care that you're trying to get in shape this year. Life doesn't care that you want this year to be different. And I don't think they took the time to just slow down. And then they could further speed up once they had the strategy in place.
1: Yeah. Yeah. What do you think is the most overlooked aspect in terms of achieving optimal health? Is there one thing that really stands out? Oh man,
2: I think
0: I go back and forth between different answers in my head, depending on the season and and kind of the conversations I'm having. Yeah, A lot of time, I think it's patience. Somebody's like, hey, can you give me a 90 day plan? And then I'm like, okay, well, how long did it take you to, no offense, get out of shape or to have this low energy? Was it just 90 days? They're like, no, it's been a couple of years. So I'm like, well, (laughs) I don't think 90 days are going to do it. 90 days is a great start. Don't get me wrong. But I don't think 90 days is it. And then if it is, so I'm like, okay, well, if you want a 90 day result, then are you prepared to do two a days and be very strict with what you eat and everything and pretty much treat yourself like a professional athlete? He's like, yeah, okay. And it's like, okay, well, you run a, you run a company, right? You got employees, you got family and everything. What are you going to do about that? He's like, uh, well, I was like, that, that's like, that's going to cause problems because I guarantee you within the week, some unexpected event is going to happen and that's going to throw you off your workout plan. So why don't we just say, look at this from a six to 12 month standpoint. But even within that time, we create some near goals, we create some longer goals, and then we create some far goals. So you still break it down, but you realize the overall big picture is gonna take longer than 90 days. And that takes the mental pressure off yourself. And that's that's an easy way because a lot of times we don't have like just crazy deadline that we need to hit. I don't think none of us are competing in fitness competitions or anything.
2: If you're a business owner feeling stuck in your business, overwhelmed, responsible for everything that happens, and working long hours, Tyler helps his clients develop processes, hire high-performing team members, and better understand their financial metrics and numbers to allow for a more predictable, less hands-on business. To schedule a free, no-pressure consultation, head to thinktyler.com and click the meeting button. Tyler would love to see if he can help you work on your business, not in your business. Schedule a consultation today at thinktyler.com.
0: That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D.
2: How do you feel great on vacation? Like, really good? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sand beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll immerse yourself in natural wonder and find your center on an island where things move at your speed. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba Effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com.
0: But you realize the overall big picture is going to take longer than 90 days. And that takes the mental pressure off yourself. And that's that's an easy way because a lot of times we don't have like just crazy deadline that we need to hit. I don't think none of us are competing in fitness competitions or anything.
1: Yeah, that's a good one. Hey, what do you feel? So I have a, a fitness watch or a watch that tracks your activity. And I was recently looking at this company sells a band that attaches to the watch, of course, but the band actually keeps more like biometrics in addition to the watch itself. What do you think about like fitness watches and tracking your your mm-hmm. activity and your metrics and things? Is that part of optimal health? You think it's good? Do you yeah. think it's bad? What's your thoughts?
0: Yeah, I love that. I love technology. Yeah, absolutely. The, the only thing is you have to realize sometimes some of us are type A, you cannot let the technology run you, you have to be in control of that. But I actually have a band on right now. So I'm a big fan of it. And the reason why that I'm a big fan of it is, you know, let's be honest, a lot of us business owners out there, you know, we have egos. <laughs> we have egos and we have pride. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's actually a strength. That's probably why we are business owners. But the problem is when somebody is telling you to do something and we're all kids, no matter how old we are chronologically, we're probably going to rebel. And the great thing about having some data is that it's not bias and it is just what it is. So if I tell someone that extra glass or two of wine at night, it's probably not the best for you, but he's like, well, I go to sleep easier and I, I just sleep through the night. It's like, okay, well, there's quality of sleep. I understand you might be getting quantity, but what's the quality of, of that like? What's the REM sleep look like? What's the deep sleep look like? How many micro awakenings are you having throughout the night? And so when you have one of these biometric devices, you can see that this guy may have slept seven hours, but... He had less than an hour of REM, less than an hour of deep sleep. So that's not really restorative sleep. And that's where a lot of, you know, the REM sleep is where a lot of our mental and creative processing is consolidated and refined for the next day. And a lot of our healing hormonally and physically is done through deep sleep. So if you're not getting that, you're just getting, you're getting light sleep, which is sleep is good, but you're not getting the most important stages enough. And so you can show that to him. And uh, there's another device that's pretty cool. I'm not sure if it's mass, not sure if it's available yet for the t- mass market yet. But it's a device you wear for yourself. You wear it for like three days, and it measures every heartbeat. And you can see throughout the day these different spikes of stress that you may not even notice, but it's still stressful to your system. And you can go back and trace what am I doing at two two thirty that's causing my heart rate to to elevate this high. And it's admin work. And so I'm like, wow, admin work really stresses you out. Well, if you got to do it, well, maybe I could be a little more mindful about it or make sure to breathe before I sit and do this admin work so I can keep myself more in an equilibrium state.
1: I chuckle when you talk about data and having measurable data to mm-hmm. factually support what's going on. I mean honestly it's the exact same thing with businesses and kind of business coaching is you want measurable data so that you know there's just it is what it is right? Like mm-hmm. you want when you set goals you want a measurable when you have results you want to be able to see those results in a measurable way. So it's interesting that you're correlating it also which makes sense to our health and do things that can you know if your heart spikes at a certain time what's causing that spike and what's causing that anxiety and stress. How do you feel around like diet? Does diet, and this might be a little too medical, so please feel free to uh, tell me if it is, but diet in terms of an optimal health, in terms of diseases like mm-hmm. cancer and things like that, I mean, is there any data or anything that you know about where you know we should be focusing in certain areas to also hopefully be preventing some type of uh, serious diseases?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So when it comes to nutrition, it's, it's very bio-individual to each of us. And, and our genetics is going to lead us to probably gravitate toward a more particular way of eating than another. But, you know, even with that said, there is some fundamental things that all diets share, even, even the extreme ones, such as like a carnivore or a vegetarian, diet. they're all going to share certain things and that's processed foods. So a lot of man, a lot of man-made foods is one of the big culprits for creating a lot of the chronic illnesses, the big four or five that that prevails in society. And I don't remember the number off the top of my head when it comes to like cancer per se. I know you mentioned that, but I think a, a pretty large percentage is around the type of foods that we eat as well. Now, some of it is things out of our control, to my understanding still, but the foods we eat does play a huge role because it's, it's essentially a defense system as well. And it's helping develop this resiliency for our bodies as we go out into the world. So I would say with, when it comes to nutrition, and I, I think, I think learning your genetics and everything is a good start, but even before that, think about once again, kind of going back to something we mentioned earlier, think about like your psychology, think about your personality, your lifestyle, and kind of tailor your your way of eating around that. And the reason I say that because ketogenic diet is popular. I'll just say that. I'll just use this one. Sure. But if you don't like the way that that's set up, that's not going to last most likely for the long term. You might be able to you could do it for a month or two, but long term, probably not. And usually, when it comes to eating and becoming healthier, there's many, many, many different. Ways to reach that destination. And so it's like traveling from Nashville to New York. There's different ways to get there. We're all going to arrive at the same destination. The way you get there is different. That's the same thing with food. Yeah. So
1: when it comes to our genes and genetic traits and things like that, is that part of where your service fits in? Like, do you have a partner that? Does yeah. genetic or gene testing and kind of set some biomarkers in terms of that, is it how you should be eating or yeah how deep does it get?
0: Yeah, so I do the genetic testing myself. Yeah, so I learned how to do that. Had a mentor for that. So yeah, so probably the things I don't do now is um a lot of the medical side. So there's obviously certain medical testings and scans and stuff that I can't legally do. Sure. So um, I understand. I think is benefit. So but for those who want that that kind t- of tier of service that's when I, I'll bring them in into the loop as well and take care of that for them. But yeah, with the, with a lot of that testing, specifically with the genetic testing, you um, let's see Oh, the, the process. So with the process, yeah, you, you send it to them, the kid, and then they'll send it back, goes to a lab and you get it back. And so what that is, is it's just your essential blueprint of who you are. And, and the way I explain this is that your genes are set and it's clues to who you are, where you came from but the epigenetics, that portion, epi means above, and then gene, so it's above the gene. This part is moldable, and this is the part that can change your future depending on how you eat, how you breathe, how you work out, how you stress, how you love, all these things that we're interacting with in the environment on a daily basis. That's the epigenetic component, and it's actually one of the hallmarks of aging as well, epigenetic alterations. And so to paint this picture even more, well, we can use two examples. The first one is a computer. So you have the hardware and the software. Software controls that hardware. The quality of the software. So if the software is bad the hardware and the way it performs is going to be bad. Same thing with food. Certain genes will turn off that you probably would want on all by the way you eat. Meditation, mindfulness, prayer, any sort of way to kind of control your mind, it's going to positively upregulate a lot of genes. Something like vitamin D. If we have around thirty thousand genes or so in our body, vitamin D is going to having adequate levels of vitamin D helps with around thousands of those. That's a critical. It's just something as simple as vitamin D is going to positively help with that. And you know, I love to talk about the queen bee and the worker bees, and the only difference is. The worker bees get cut off at some point with the royal jelly Why the queen bee is continually fed this royal jelly. And that's how she becomes the queen bee. And so with that example right there, you can understand how you can have identical twins, but have two totally different trajectories with their health. All by the way that they're they're taking care of their body.
1: Hmm. What do you see? Like, where, where's health going? Like, what's, what do you see the future of health? What are your thoughts
0: around that? Yeah, I think the, to help society as a whole, I, I think we recognize that aging is a disease and recognize that as the big factor. And I, oh man, I forgot it's off the top of my head, the exact year, but I think I saw this that if we eliminated cardiovascular disease, I think it would only give like an extra three years wow, three. of life. Wow. Yeah. Whereas if you looked at aging, that's where you're going to have the exponential growth and gain in terms of not only increasing our lifespan, but our health span as well. And so I I hope we have this shift. But also, I would love to, I see the world becoming much more precise in terms of the way we go about things. So think about this, before I would ever even think about saying, hey, eat like this, exercise like this or anything, you would collect all this data, do all these different tests. And this is going to tell you not only the biomarkers, but more importantly, it's going to tell you a story of this person how this person is living and then that's going to give you a better idea on how to go about things on the sequencing of interventions and methodologies to go about this story tells you that here and i think it's a much more way to be efficient and effective with our time so we can get to doing things that we enjoy more and lastly with hospitals i think about this with my dad because i was a caretaker for my dad for his last three years of life and different medications are going to respond differently to people. It's going to stay in our system longer. For example, I process alcohol, medications, and all those things slower because of my liver and genetics with that. Some people are more of a rapid metabolizer. So imagine if we can go into hospitals and even just pharmaceuticals if we need them and you get the amount that's perfect for you in your unique biology, instead of just a standardized dose across the board. So that's, that's me with my uh, grandiose vision for the next few years. But I, I think there's a lot of cool things coming in the world of health and really helping people with their health span and lifespan. And just like with anything else, the first probably gener- you know year or two or a little after that, it probably will be a little expensive for the masses and everything. But as with phone, iPhones and computers and everything throughout the years, it starts to come down. You get better with the with the, the infrastructure and producing it, and it becomes more accessible to everyone.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Hey, I always love to end the show asking you if you have a business or a life tip, something maybe you've learned on, along the way that you could share with us. Anything stand out for you? Hmm.
0: Yeah, I actually have two things. One is from a friend of mine. He's a rapper. I don't know if he raps anymore, <laughs> but uh, but he's uh, he says, "Do it for the intention, not the attention. Ah, I like that. Yeah, and that stuck with me throughout life. That a lot of times we, you can see what people in our industry are, are doing, or you can see, hey, this is the this is the hot trend. This is the hot wave to get on. You should do this. Are you really doing it for the right reasons? And that's been a, a business model of mine. And the Second thing is to ignore your current reality when you're building something new. Because everything around you right now will indicate that this is not real. And this goes for weight. And this goes for also business as well. So ignore your current reality and just keep building.
1: Those are two great ones. I'd say the first slogan again. Do you mind saying it one more time?
0: Yeah. Do it for the intention, not the attention.
1: Yeah, I love that. And then the second one really resonates me with business. Because when you start a business, oftentimes I'll say you have to... You have to think yourself like a crazy person because you can't really look at the results. You have to look at where you're going and you have Mm -hmm. to celebrate like just the most littlest baby steps that might make you think you're crazy just for celebrating such a little tiny thing. But it's it's so important to celebrate those steps because the journey's along long. Sometimes it takes a long time, and if you don't pat yourself on the back for every step, you just feel like you're constantly getting beat over the head, you know, by mm-hmm. things that walls and things that don't work out.
0: Yeah, and another thing, you know, that business and health are so intertwined, and yeah, is that there's really never an endpoint. Unless uh, I think, unless you're you're gonna sell a company or something, but uh, or you die, yeah, yeah, or you die. But <laughs> other than that, you're constantly evolving. You're constantly evolving. And just how in health, I can see someone if they don't keep this concept in mind, they'll hit their weight goal, but then they won't have the most important question: is what's next after that? And they'll revert back to those old habits. Same thing as business. You finally maybe your goal was five million, so you finally hit that, but then you get a little complacent and everything. And what happens? The slide starts to happen. So both health and business are constantly cycle of evolving.
1: Yeah. That's that's great, great example. Hey, so you're I'll put this in the thinktyler.com show notes. Your website is executivehealth.io. And then if you type in slash report to that, executivehealth.io slash report, there's a free report that you're offering. It's got 17 impactful actions. So it's got 17 tips mm-hmm. that we can apply today. Did I get that right? Is one question and two. Uh, if people wanted to reach out to you, is there anywhere else you'd like them to go?
0: You got that correct. And a couple other places you can, if you want. Of course, I'm on LinkedIn. And um, if you would love a complimentary conversation with me for 30 minutes, you know that's, that's the contact section on the website. And then since so you're listening to this great podcast, and hopefully you've left a review already, go ahead and head over to mine and check it out, which is Executive Health and Life.
1: Yeah, yeah, I did listen to a couple episodes. You you're for your just like you are on the show, you're fun to listen to, man. So Julian, love having you on. Got a wealth of knowledge. You got to come back again, uh you know, when you have something going mm-hmm. on, that maybe release your third book or something. <laughs> I'll be here. I'd love to talk with you. Okay, man. So thanks for your time.
0: Thank you so much, and I'll take you up on that. Okay, take care.
2: Trick-ass.